Isaiah chapter 13. This is a prophecy against Babylon. As with most prophecies in the Bible, it can be read historically regarding what actually happened to ancient Babylon in Isaiah's time, and it can also be read prophetically as Babylon being the prophetic Babylon that's spoken of in the book of Revelation. There's a mystery nation in the book of Revelation called Babylon. I believe that nation is the city of Rome, and I'll explain more why when we get to Revelation. Some people think that the future Babylon is the United States of America, but I don't see any evidence of that. Although any sinful nation like the USA will resemble the Babylon of Revelation in one respect or another, because all of the sinful nations have apostasy, sexual perversion, and idol worship, and that includes the USA. We're like Babylon, but I don't think we are the actual Babylon that Revelation talks about. Isaiah is prophesying about the Babylon of his time, but he's also prophesying about the Babylon of the end times. 1. The burden of Babylon that Isaiah son of Amos hath seen. He means the punishment or the judgment of Babylon. 2. On a high mountain lift ye up an ensign, raise the voice to them, wave the hand, and they go in to the openings of nobles. Whenever the leader of an army raises his arm, that's a signal to the army to charge and attack. An army will come against Babylon. This will happen after the Lord has used Babylon to punish Israel. 3. I have given charge to my sanctified ones. Also I have called my mighty ones for my anger, those rejoicing at my excellency. King Cyrus, who we read about in Chronicles, he was a pagan king, but the Lord used him to work his will against Babylon and attack it and destroy it. This is similar to when the Lord used the Egyptian pharaoh to attack some pagan armies. The Lord can use anybody he wants. He doesn't have to use those who follow him. 4. A voice of a multitude in the mountains, a likeness of a numerous people, a voice of noise from the kingdoms of nations who are gathered, Jehovah of hosts, inspecting a host of battle. The Lord is going to assemble some pagan armies to attack Babylon, and he's calling them his army. If the Lord uses you, you are his tool. That doesn't mean that you're going to heaven, but there are many people who are tools of the Lord. Some of them will stand before the Lord on Judgment Day and say, Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we preach in your name and baptize in your name? And he'll say, Get away from me. I never knew you. He has the authority to use anyone, even those who are not his children. 5. They are coming in from a land afar off, from the end of the heavens, Jehovah and the instruments of his indignation, to destroy all the land. This means the Lord will go with Cyrus when Cyrus attacks Babylon. Even though Cyrus himself is not an Israelite, the Lord is going to be with him by his side as he fights Babylon. And when it says they're coming from the end of the heavens, it's hyperbole. Hyperbole is when you exaggerate to make a point, and hyperbole is not the same thing as lying. It's a figure of speech. So if I say I'm starving to death, 
You know I'm not starving, but I'm not lying. I'm just exaggerating to make a point. When this army comes, it will look like it's coming from every corner of the planet, and it will be overwhelming and huge. 6. Howl ye, for near is the day of Jehovah, as destruction from the mighty it cometh. And it says, cry for yourself, because you're going to get destroyed. 7. Therefore all hands do fail, and every heart of man doth melt. When the Babylonians see King Cyrus coming with his army, they're going to be so terrified, they're going to know that he is going to win the battle. 8. And they have been troubled, pains and pangs they take, as a travailing woman they are pained, a man at his friend they marvel the appearance of flames, their faces. This is a simile saying it will feel just like a woman in labor who's totally helpless to prevent what's happening to her. When a woman is in labor, she can't stop it. And that's how it's going to be for the Babylonian army when they see King Cyrus coming. They will be in a situation that they have no control over. I'm wondering if the setting sun or the rising sun will be in their face. King Cyrus was the king of Persia, and it looks like Babylon is south of Persia. But most of the army would be coming from the east because most of Persia leans toward the east. The Babylonians could have had red faces because they were looking toward the rising sun as the Persian army approached them. 9. Lo, the day of Jehovah doth come, fierce with wrath and heat of anger to make the land become a desolation, yea, its sinning ones he destroyeth from it. The Bible is very consistent in both Old and New Testament. Whenever it talks about sinners, it always is talking in the present tense. All of us have sinned, but when the Bible says the word sinners, it always means those who are presently living in sin. It isn't talking about everybody. It means people who have not repented. In churches today, they tell the congregation that they're all sinners, but that's never what is said in the Bible. In the Bible, sinners are those who willfully practice a sinful lifestyle. I wish pastors would be careful with their speech because when they call the congregation sinners, they're basically telling them there's no way that you can stop sinning. None of us are perfect. We all sin on a weekly basis, probably. But being a sinner in the Bible means that it's your lifestyle, that you're planning it, that you know you're going to sleep with somebody tonight. It's different than occasionally stumbling without having planned it and then having to repent. This verse is calling the Babylonians sinners. 10. For the stars of the heavens and their constellations cause not their light to shine, Darkened hath been the sun in its going out, and the moon causeth not its light to come forth. Now the prophecy is transitioning into the end times. What happens to Babylon is becoming a metaphor for what will happen on the Lord's great day of wrath. Now we're going to read about stuff that's going to happen to the Babylon we have today, which I believe is Rome. In the book of Revelation, it says that stars fall from the sky. And if they're falling from the sky, that means they're not shining up above us. Revelation also says that the moon will become red like blood and the sun will become black 
I don't know if that's an eclipse or something different, but we will lose the light that's coming from the luminaries that God provided so that the world would have light. We're going to lose those on the great and terrible day of the Lord. 11. And I have appointed on the world evil, and on the wicked their iniquity, and have caused to cease the excellency of the proud, and the excellency of the terrible I make low. This is the voice of the Lord saying, I am going to bring evil into the world. As I've said before, most of the time the word evil is in the Bible, it simply means bad, bad events, bad circumstances. The only time it actually means wickedness is if it's applied to sinners or Satan. God is going to bring really terrible and bad circumstances to the earth during his day of wrath. This includes presidents and kings, billionaire elites. Those people will lose everything. 12. I make man more rare than fine gold, and a common man than pure gold of Ophir. On the great and terrible day of the Lord, most people are going to die. That's when Jesus comes back with a sword coming out of his mouth, which is mentioned in the book of Revelation. And his robe will be dipped in the blood of his enemies as he wars across the world and kills many people who hate him and his father. 13. Therefore the heavens I cause to tremble, and the earth doth shake from its place, in the wrath of Jehovah of hosts, and in a day of the heat of his anger. There are several verses that we've already read that say that the earth cannot move that it's fixed on invisible pillars that the Lord has placed it on. But here it says that the earth is going to shake. It says that the whole earth is going to be moved. And it also says that in Revelation, so we know that this is prophesying the last Babylon, which is a mystery nation. And it shows that in spite of the fact that the earth has always been fixed, the Lord's wrath is going to be so great that it's actually going to shake the entire earth. It's not talking about an earthquake that only shakes one part of the earth. This is talking about the entire earth. 14. And it hath been as a roe driven away, and as a flock that hath no gatherer. Each unto his people they turn, and each unto his land they flee. Everybody's going to be so terrified that they're going to run home to their mother. And it says that they'll run just like a deer running out of fear, or just like sheep scattering because they've lost their master. 15. Everyone who is found is thrust through, and everyone who is added falleth by sword. Everyone will be slaughtered or stabbed with a sword. Revelation does give us several hints that some people will repent during the great and terrible day of the Lord, and I'll go over those hints when we get to the book of Revelation. So I think this is hyperbole, because it will seem like everybody is dying. One of the verses earlier in the chapter had told us that nearly everybody dies, but that isn't everybody. Maybe this means the ones who are going to die are the ones who are running and trying to hide. Maybe that's what it's referring to. 16. And their sucklings are dashed to pieces before their eyes. Spoiled are their houses and their wives lain with. This means raped. When Cyrus's army attacks Babylon, it's going to kill the babies and the men and rape the women. 
Now the prophecy has transitioned back to Isaiah's Babylon, and it's saying that the Persians and the Medes will brutally attack the women of Babylon, and they'll kill the men. This is because of the Lord's judgment on Babylon. Some people would judge the Lord and say, how dare the Lord allow children to be killed? There's a lot of children in heaven, and the Lord has the authority to decide when we die, even if we die in complete innocence and we go straight to heaven because we never even had an opportunity to know what sin is. But he has a plan for everyone. If you die as a baby, that's part of his grace because you don't have to go through a lot of the pain and suffering and temptation that others do who live. And if you die in old age, that's his grace too, because you had many years to serve him and earn eternal rewards. So either way, the Lord is merciful. A lot of those babies would have grown up and practiced paganism and gone to hell if they hadn't have been killed as babies. That's also a mercy of the Lord, that they went to heaven before they had a chance to become pagans. 17. Lo, I am stirring up against them, the Medes, who silver esteem not, and gold they delight not in. 18. And bows dash young men to pieces, and the fruit of the womb they pity not, on sons their eye hath no pity. The Lord is going to allow not only King Cyrus to attack Babylon, but also the Medes. The Medes are super evil. They don't fight for money. They fight just to kill. They're that evil. And the Lord says he's going to turn them loose on Babylon. This chapter started out talking about Isaiah's Babylon. Then it transitioned into the Babylon of the end times. And then it went back to talking about Isaiah's Babylon. That's how prophecy works a lot of times in the Bible. And that's why you have to read the Bible on multi-levels in order to fully understand it. But you don't have to be a genius and read it on every single level every single time. What happens is the first time you read a verse, the Lord may give you a revelation of how that applies to you personally. And then the second time you read the verse, he gives you a revelation of how that was a historical event that you need to take note of and learn from. And then the next time you read it, he gives you a revelation that it's talking about the end times. Another time you read a verse, he'll give you a revelation that it's a metaphor or a type of the life of Jesus Christ, or that it metaphorically represents an aspect of the gospel that he wants you to understand. So there are so many levels, and that's one of the reasons why every time we read the Bible, we learn something new. In that last verse, it says the Medes are going to be so evil that they're actually going to kill pregnant women. 19. And Babylon, the beauty of kingdoms, the glory, the excellency of the Chaldeans, hath been as overthrown by God with Sodom and Gomorrah. So he is going to bring Babylon to just as terrible of an end as he brought Sodom and Gomorrah to. When we get to the book of Daniel, King Nebuchadnezzar will have a vision. In the vision, Babylon is described as the first greatest kingdom that conquered the whole world. And then after that, it was the kingdom of Persia, which is Cyrus's kingdom. He took over, but his kingdom was not as great as Babylon's. And then it will continue on to different kingdoms. We'll read about that later. 
but Babylon was the first kingdom that basically conquered the entire world. 20. She doth not sit forever, nor continueth unto many generations, nor doth Arab pitch tent there, and shepherds lie not down there. The first Babylon of Isaiah's time will not exist forever, and there will be a day when no shepherd brings their sheep into that land, and it will become so desolate that people won't even travel there. 21. And Zim have lain down there, and full have been their houses of howlings, and dwelt there have daughters of an ostrich, and goats do skip there. Zim means wild animals that live in the wilderness. So it says, Babylon will become a place where only wild animals live, like ostrich and goats. And to this very day, the actual location of the capital of Babylon is completely leveled and completely desolate, and nothing lives there but wild animals. You can see it on Google Maps. It's a desolate, leveled out place. There's just grass and animals. That's it. This prophecy came true, and you know it's the Lord, because if it wasn't the Lord after all these centuries, certainly a town would have been rebuilt. But part of the Lord's judgment on Babylon was that it would never be rebuilt, and that's why you can see it on Google Maps as completely desolate. It's the capital city area. 22. And Aim have responded in his forsaken habitations, and dragons in palaces of delight, and near to come is her time, and her days are not drawn out. Aim means flying wild animals, so that includes dragons and anything that flies. Back in this time, dragons were prolific. Scientists today call them pterodactyls, but actually, the ancient people called them dragons, and they were still living in Isaiah's time and all the way into the medieval days. It says that the dragons will live in this area of Babylon, and Babylon will come to an end. That was the historical Babylon that came to an end. The future Babylon, which I believe is alive today, will also come to an end. That concludes Isaiah chapter 13.